The date is Thursday the 11th of January. I'm Jason England and welcome to Learn Something, the official podcast of NewRisingMedia.com where I consume your brain space with weird and wonderful facts that you've probably never heard before. Now, last week I talked about my predictions for CES 2018. They mostly came true and there's also been some rather bizarre developments. So... This week, we're also going to do CES, but it's going to be 10 gadgets that will make you go, what? These are the bamboozling head scratchers that will have you proclaiming the word what over and over and over again as you try and compound and try and figure out exactly why it's even a thing to begin with. So here we go. Let's roll into the list. But first, an audio message from one of my supporters. Hey, Jason, it's Jen here from Boss Babe Philosophy. I just did a call him, but I think it's failed. So if you get two, um, there you go. Because I also just realized I said uh, your name from the other one. Because I thought your name was Jason English, but it's not actually. It's Jason England, which is also a pretty cool name. Because uh, I was just asking if that was the actual real name. Because uh, it's a pretty cool name. And yeah, I just came across your channel, so I thought I'd say hi, introduce myself. I hope um, you're having an awesome day. I uh, definitely like the look of your content, so definitely going to be checking out um, a later again. And yeah, have a great day and speak soon. So let's go right in at the deep end of weird, weird CES gadgetry with an internet connected toilet. So one of the the biggest trends coming out of the Consumer Electronics Show this year is definitely the use of voice assistants, more specifically, either Google Assistant or Alexa. Both of them have been popping up all over the shop. And now you can ask Alexa to flush the toilet for you. Cola's latest high-end toilet connects to the internet and responds to voice commands. Beyond flushing, you can ask Amazon's Alexa, as well as Google's Assistant and apparently Apple's Siri, but I'll question that one, to lift the seat or activate your favourite bidet spray configuration. There's no microphone on the toilet itself, but there are speakers to play your favourite tunes. Plus, it keeps track of the water usage. So it'll be available in the fourth quarter of this year, if you're interested, and it costs over $5,600. Interested? You might be. I, I don't know. You might be kind of curious about a internet-connected toilet. This is this is the future of humanity, people. Keep that in mind. Number two comes with a bit of a backstory. So, whenever I'm out doing work, I'm out of the home and I have to stay somewhere. CES last year, for example. Um, my girlfriend has a particularly strange habit with the pillows in that. She'll be lying on a couple of pillows as normal, but then she'll turn one 90 degrees and kind of spoon it. So it's kind of like a pillow partner of some sort. I've always thought that's a bit strange. Until now, when there is now a robot called the Somnox, which is a robot you can cuddle with. 
That's right. Somnox is a bed companion that simulates human breathing. When you hug the robot, the rising and falling sensation subconsciously calms you down and helps you get to sleep faster, apparently, according to its makers. Somnox can also make the soothing sounds of heartbeats, lullabies, and guided meditation, which you activate from the app. And the best part, it doesn't even snore. So to be honest, this is probably a better partner for my girlfriend in bed than I am. Sorry for the snoring. Um, but $600 coming in September. If you are interested in having a robot spoon buddy. Next up, we go into the world of Toyota. Now, one of the things that I've noticed at the Consumer Electronics Show over the last few years is that more and more it's becoming quite the car show. Um, automotive manufacturers show up and they show us what they feel is the future of self-driving cars or electric cars or an amalgamation of the two. Essentially, they want to kind of push the conversation forward in terms of what they feel the next 25 years will look like for transportation. Um, and Toyota is no different. This year, introducing what is called the e-palette. To describe it simply, the e-palette is basically the antithesis to what other automotive makers are saying. Every single other car company is basically saying, this is what we feel will be the future of getting you to where you need to go, to get you from A to B. But Toyota is looking at it differently. They're, look, they're trying to get B to A. They're trying to get where you need to go to you. So the vehicle will act basically as a mobile store, a ride-sharing car or a delivery service with Pizza Hut, Uber and Amazon among companies to team up with the automaker to make it a reality in the next decade or so. So it's pretty strange concept but also really genius like instead of focusing on specific locations or trying to get people to specific areas you bring the areas to them almost kind of like food trucks but not in a way it's really strange and kind of difficult to explain but you really have to check it out it's pretty amazing however Pizza Hut's announcement of one was eerily similar to a particularly disconcerting episode of Black Mirror. A running theme at CES, there seems to be a lot that lines up with the TV show. So if you've ever, if you've watched season four, kudos. And if you've watched the episode Crocodile, the self-driving pizza delivery service named Fences Pizza. I'm not going to say any more. I will leave the rest of it to you, but, well, for you to see, but if you kind of ignore that bit, it sounds pretty cool, actually. Next up, life tracking technology. Now, there's a lot of this stuff that I feel is, can be important to have, like I have a fitness tracking watch that helps me track steps and make sure it, it's a good motivating tool to help me reach 10,000 steps every day. However, there's other stuff that I feel is completely pointless, such as a smart water bottle 
the weirdness just kind of falls away in a whole mess of pointlessness. So Life Fuels has come out with a smart bowl that tracks your nutrition levels, tracks how many times you drink from the bowl, and automatically adds a mixed water with nutrients and minerals. So if you've ever seen something called Juicero, this might bring that back to mind. So Juicero was a Silicon Valley company from the past that raised, I think it was like over $100 million just for a super fancy $400 juicer that essentially all it did was squeeze a bag inside that was full of juices. Yeah, that was literally all it did. And this is kind of going the same way. And coming in at number five, we have the Tesla Suit VR. So immersion in virtual reality has been a tough nut to crack over recent years. Every company's attempt doesn't seem to capture the true feeling of presence needed for a virtual reality experience. And with that in mind, step right up, Tesla Suit. So this is essentially a second skin that has all kinds of receptors and little engaging conductors on the actual suit itself. So it can simulate any kind of sensory inputs you may think of, such as hot or cold, and even shocking users to recreate gunshots and general wounds. Yeah, this is, this is a real thing. Look forward to that in the future. Next up, we have a bracelet that fights sexual assault. Now, I'm going to pause for a second, let that sink in, and then I'll explain. Called the Envy. This is actually quite a stylish bracelet, but it's actually a rather novel deterrent against sexual assault. Like a skunk, Envy's bracelet releases a foul odour to repel attackers. In this case, it's when you break the clasp of the bracelet, this is when it happens. It's not 100% clear how much of a deterrent a bad smell could be, but I applaud the novel idea and the innovative approach to develop tech to help discourage attackers. The cost of it is about $70 and it's shipping right now. So have a look around, dive all the way onto the website, which is invi, I-N-V-I dot world to take a look and get yourself ordered one if you want one. Continuing the theme from the suit that you wear in VR to help you feel things, we're also going to look at game controllers. So this is one called the 3D Rudder. So virtual reality is all about the immersion, but in real life, most people don't move anywhere by using the thumbstick that most VR systems use. 3D Rudder is a foot pad that rocks and turns to simulate footsteps while seated. We first saw the 3D Rudder. It was at CES way back in 2015. Its software has come far since then, and it's now added straps to make sure you don't lose your footing. Now, I know many of you will be discussing the point behind this but it all adds up really like it's going to all add up to an immersive 
VR experience. I remember when I went to CS last year and I tried the HTC Vive with the improved controllers and better... I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Um, so it was an extra add-on you put onto different items to actually put them into the game and make it more responsive and make it more lifelike. So, for example, you put one on top of a gun and you use the gun, realistically. Um, so the more it moves into that territory, the better it will be because without that sort of stuff, I was simply using analog sticks and moving my hands around, not really moving my body around. So that sense of place, that sense of being is important to get in terms of mimicking virtual reality. And 3D Rudder, even though it is rather weird, will play quite a part in that. Next up, we go to Sony. Now, Sony's history, I always love to call weird Sony. So there's been plenty of strange, strange Sony gadgets that have been a big part of its history. Stuff such as the world's first OLED television, which was just 11 inches and cost $2,500. Or maybe even the Soundtina NSA PF1, which was described as a column of music that radiated audio in every direction. Or let's go even further into it and take a look at the strange side of it, such as the Ibo Robot Dog. So obviously this was discontinued back in 2006, which was a sad loss for many dog people, such as myself. However, it's been reborn and is cuter and smarter than ever. Originally, originally announced, let's try and say that again, last fall, the new pup stole the show at Sony's CES news conference, where it was shown to a US audience for the very first time. To make Ibo smart in what it does, it has a camera in its nose, a microphone to pick up voice commands, and 22 adorably articulated parts. The bad news, it's only been sold in Japan for now. So if you want to pick one up, it will cost $1,800, obviously put on top of that actually importing it from Japan, and it ships on January the 11th. So it's already out. Came out as of today. Next up is not so much a pointlessly weird gadget as much as it is an absolute godsend to people such as me. All around the flat, I have random piles of clothes that I just move around the room every now and again just to make it look like I'm doing something with them when realistically I'm not and I'm just taking them off and just wearing them and going out. So how can this be fixed well there's something at ces called foldy mate as the name suggests the robot is capable of folding your clothes for you yep that's right it's all my dreams have been answered in robotic form just with one bot however you'll need to be both lazy and rich if you want to acquire the services of foldy mate it will cost you $980 and I'm going to be waiting for a while crying inside right now as it won't ship until late 
2019. You might still have to fold a shirt or two in the meantime, unfortunately. And now I'm going to go look for those clothes. And finally, the future that many of us didn't ask for is here. Robot strippers have taken to the polls at the Sapphire Gentlemen's Club in Vegas to coincide with CES this year. Quote unquote, in an announcement, come watch sparks fly as the Robo Twins shake their hardware and leave everyone wondering if those double Ds are real or made in Silicon Valley. Get it? <laughs> Peter Feinstein, a managing partner at Sapphire, told the Daily Beast that the club was looking for something creative to do during CES that were catered to both male and female CES attendees and decided to ship the dancing bots in from the UK for the week. Now, question one, I wonder how many females he actually spoke to before he arrived at that idea. I'm assuming it's probably a solid zero. And number two, wait, they came from the UK? Who the hell is this person? Well, the stripper robots were built by a British artist named Giles Walker who said he wanted to do something sexy with rubbish, so he used scrap material. So he used old CCTV cameras as the heads, powered his robots with windscreen wiper motors, and made them get to it. It's a strange, strange show. And it couldn't feel more Black Mirror if it tried. Jesus Christ. I'm just looking at pictures now. You're honestly going to have to check it out if you can. Just Google search Robot Strippers CES. Click on first result. Continuing on, Peter Feinstein said, The majority of strip clubs are not appealing to people through CES. We're offering a different place to go. If you're, if you're six people from a company and there's two women and four guys, you can still come here and have some fun and see the robots and not feel like you have to be part of a strip club. I'm, I'm sorry, just, no. It doesn't look like Sapphire's Robo Twins are particularly fancy dancers. In the video from one of their performances, the robots seem to mostly just bob up and down and gyrate slowly on the pole. In any case, if you're in Las Vegas and your thing is very much CCTV-headed robot strippers, they'll be dancing all week. Or just, or you can just watch them boogie in any video on YouTube and save yourself the embarrassment of having to sit in front of a robot trying to strip for you. Also, shout out to any women who feel it's a good idea. Like, I've asked plenty of ladies this side of the Atlantic and a load of them have responded in the same way as I've titled this podcast. What? And before I start saying my thanks and closing the podcast, I have a question for you. What is your favorite gadget of all time? Call in to the anchor station and let me know. I will echo any responses that I get and your voice will be projected. I don't know why I said the E there really high pitched. Let me try that again. And your voice will be shared to the thousands of listeners who tune into this top 100 ranking podcast. And that is it for me. Thank you all so much for listening. 
Now, just a couple of quick updates from me in terms of what work I am doing. Um, there's plenty of CES coverage on newrisingmedia.com, including an interview with the director of market research who helps find the future trends of consumer technology. It's a really fascinating chat with him where I go really deep and really geeky into basically what he predicts the future of tech is going to look like, especially for the next 25 years. It's pretty cool. And I've also started my own live stream. So if you go to twitch.tv slash emotion engineer to sum it up, basically it's me reliving my childhood with a couple of beers in front of me. So I'm my favorite games console of all time is the PS2. It defined my childhood alongside a diet of sweet, sweet, naughty's emo music. So that's essentially what the stream is. This week, I played the original SSX and went all the way back to feeling 10 years old all over again. I really recommend you guys go check it out. It's a pretty amazing... I think it's a pretty great stream. Besides that, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Jason England. Uh, NewRiseMedia.com is where the blog is. Find me on Twitch. Find me everywhere. Anywhere you can find us. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would really appreciate a subscribe and a five-star rating just to bump us up the rankings. Anyway, I will leave you all to have a wonderful weekend and I will speak to you next week. Bye.